What is up, QP Nation? I'm your host, Elliot Mullenbrook, and you are listening to QP Kickoff. Today, I'm joined by Jordan Ferraro. Jordan, how's it going? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty good myself. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, so, I'm a senior here at Hickman. Uh, I played four years of varsity soccer for Hickman. I also was on the basketball team and cross-country team my freshman year. And I also run the DPO uh, Twitter and Instagram page. Oh, nice. You did, I didn't know you did uh, basketball and cross. So did you do all three as a freshman? Yeah. Dang, that's a load right there. Um, yeah. dude, why'd you stick with soccer? Uh, I mean, since I was little, it was pretty much my, like, my passion is what made me happy. And uh, balancing out soccer and cross country in the same season in the fall was a lot for me. Yeah, I can uh, imagine. A lot in the body. And then I went into basketball season. I was pretty sore. I actually ended up getting hurt. And so I uh, kind of just figured I'll just focus on soccer. So I just dropped the basketball and cross country and just stuck to soccer. Yeah. Well, probably a good choice since you've been playing varsity for yeah. four years, have some, some, some success with that. Um, so how long have you been playing soccer? Because uh, you said that you stuck with it because it's been something that's been consistent in your life. Uh, yeah, I think I think I've been playing since I was about three. Oh, wow. I, I still have, like, my first soccer ball from the 2006 uh, World Cup in Germany. <laughs> like, yeah, so I still have that in my room, and I've just been playing ever since. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that so, ball in your room, is it dusty or is it still in good condition? <laughs> uh, I'll pump it up every now and again just yeah. to keep it out, but I don't use it a whole lot. Yeah. It's a pretty small ball. Just, just for memory, you know? Yeah. Um, is there anything special about soccer that you particularly like, um, that just like draws you to the sport more than, or basketball, cross country, or just other sports? Uh, for me, like cross country is like pretty into, like you're an individual, like you're running, you're just kind of, you're racing as others, but you're wanting to improve your time more than anything. Uh, and so like soccer, you kind of, uh, use your teammates and to meet your objective, but at the same point, you're also like focusing on yourself and like how you can perform better. Yeah. You know, whether it's making a run across the field or making a better pass in cross country, it's kind of just keeping your form and keeping your head down, being focused and uh, the training regimen, you know, getting your miles up and helping uh, lower your time. And so I think that's like what makes soccer special to me is that it's it's not like only myself, but it's also a team aspect to, mm-hmm. to win the game. Yeah, and in a conversation via email earlier, you said that it was kind of like chess, um, yes. where like strategy wise. Could you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of formations you can run. You got 11 players on the field. So mm-hmm. what's most popular nowadays is running a 4 3 3. So you have four defenders, three midfielders, and then mm-hmm. three three attackers with obviously the goalie. And But from that, you can, you can even have like a 5 3 2 or a 3 5 2 or a 4-4-2. And so having those different formations and different combinations within the midfield, the defense and the strikers really changes up how the speed of play goes, how how the game even moves. You know, if you if you run on a five back, you're gonna be more defensive. Mm-hmm. And most sometimes you'll sit back in, but if you have in the five back you have like the the people out wide get up and the attack a lot. And so, really, offensively, it switches into like a three back instead of having five defenders. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, I, th- I think having that versatility really keeps uh, interest 
for a lot of people. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, just how many combinations of players you can have on the field and how can it really affect um, your team chem- your team chemistry, especially. Um, for sure. Yeah. So, what position do you play? Uh, I I usually tr- play right wing, uh, mm. so that's up top. But this past club season, my coaches had me playing right back, so got, got in the defense for the first time in fifteen. So how so how has that been like? Because like offense to defense, that's a big switch. Yeah, it's it's been a pretty big learning curve. I have to you know you have to be able to know when you need to push up and when you need to hold your line and with the the center backs. But it's it's been a lot of fun because the way my team plays, I, I get into the attack a lot, and I still get a couple shots on goal every day, every game. Mm-hmm. So it's still a lot of fun as if I was playing up top. Would you say you like defense or offense more? Uh, definitely offense more because yeah. I have you just have more freedom, like especially out wide, you you have that freedom to to take the player one on one and yeah. beat him down line. But if I'm playing right back, it's a little it's a lot more risky to. Mm-hmm try to beat that player that's true it's more it's more uh passing in the in the backfield i would say yeah yeah for sure um and someone inspire you or inspires you today to play your sport and keep playing it like a particular player or like maybe a coach or like a teammate uh uh when i was in middle school i used to really look up to ibrahimovic hmm. he's kind of just just goes at it yeah you know, he's a little out he's a little bit out there he has some interesting hot takes and he's kind of full of himself, uh, which is, you know, interesting, but it, each to his own. Uh, I, there's a player here, Val Ashraf Sada. Uh, I used to play for his dad and he, he really helped me a lot and he was really like a second father to me. And so he really motivated me when I was young to yeah. keep playing. That's always great to have a, a coach like that that just kind of changes your life slash perspective on a sport. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a break here and then we're going to talk about your commitment to CMU. So, Jordan, recently you committed to CMU. Could you um, tell me more about that story and how that process was like? Yeah, so. Uh, well, since I was about seven, I knew I wanted to play some sort of college soccer at some some level. And as like I grew up and I got older, uh, you know, I was a freshman. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go D one. You know, yeah, I'm nice. Like, but then you know, kind of got plagued with injuries. And I was like, I don't. I I didn't really think I was gonna go D one. And so I kept started looking at D two, D three, and NAIA. And it came to like my junior year. I was like. I was on like a top ranked uh, team in the state in St. Louis, and mm-hmm. we just gone the, down the floor and won a tournament. And I knew I got some really good film from there, so I was really excited for the rest of the season. And then COVID happened, and so I didn't really have a whole lot of film to send out the coaches. So it was kind of up to me during like lockdown to just you know keep working on my game mm-hmm. and improve as a person and player, uh, which I did so and. You know, when things started opening back up, for, like cl- near closer to the season, uh, high school season, uh, there was a lot more like camps for NAIA because Division One, Division Two, and Division Three were all in dead period essentially, yeah. so you couldn't talk to them. So uh, CMU actually emailed me and informed me about a summer camp they had, and so I went to it, and they they seemed pretty interested. In, uh, just kept in contact with them and they came to a few games and then 
I had a, an on-campus visit, and then, it, I mean, kind of just hit off the bat from there. Uh, I really liked the coach just because he was very comparable to my club coach in, in St. Mm-hmm. Louis, C.J. Lopez. Uh, just his attitude towards the game and his mentality overall as a person, it, it really just like struck me as I wanted to play for him. And that was kind of, I kind of knew then that I wanted to play for CMU and go there. But I, I just held off till the end of the season. So it was, I didn't have to worry about it. Just had to focus on the rest of the season. Yeah. Perform as well as we could. Ah, uh, yes. COVID messing everything up as usual. Yeah. Um, but that's really good that you, you got through that. And you said the pivotal moment was when you met that coach. Yeah, for sure. He, we, I'd gone through the campus visit and I sat down with him, just talked soccer for about an hour, hour and a half. Oh, wow. And it was, I mean, it was, it was really good. You know, I could just pick his brain about how his tactics, like how he uses tactics, mm-hmm. uh, how he approaches the game, uh, where he'd possibly use me on the field, uh, how he did want me to play, uh, things like that. And so, and, you know, every time he would like answer with something, just remind me of like uh, the coaches that I really liked, yeah. you know, like CJ, you know, uh, Val's dad, Kayvon, uh, just been like really pivotal people in my life. And so that kind of, propelled me to uh pick cmu yeah um sounds like this coach is very would you say he's very team oriented yeah for sure yeah i mean he even told me that you know if i'm not performing as well as i should be up top you know he might move me back in the defense or Mm -hmm. in the midfield somewhere that i could could help the team so yeah that's really good that um coach I, i feel like as a coach, it's very important to keep your entire team engaged and not just your top 10 yeah. guys, yeah, your top seven sure. guys um, in any sport, really, because if you don't like uh, pay attention to those under guys, then whenever, whenever all your seniors graduate, you, mm-hmm. you got guys who are underdeveloped and yeah, sure. not ready for the pitch. Um, yeah. So that's really good that he uh, just really focuses on that. Uh, would you say that there were any other schools that reached out to you besides CMU? Uh, there was one school in Nebraska park university, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they reached out, but I mean, I wasn't very interested. Yeah. And then I reached out to Columbia college and, uh, it just, I mean, it just didn't work out. You yeah. know, uh, they didn't really have the major. I went on a visit there. They, they're Columbia college is more of like a business school. Mm-hmm. Uh, CMU has, uh, I'm going to go and study like exercise science or nice. athletic training and Columbia College didn't offer that. So that was also another deciding factor mm. when picking colleges. Uh, would you say also that like staying in state was uh, a priority? Uh, as I got like closer to my decision, yeah. Uh, mm. When I was a freshman, sophomore, I really wanted to go out of state, you know, but uh, I kind of just wanted to stay close to home uh, when it came down to it. Um, so obviously like COVID messing up a lot of, uh, the process, is there any advice you'd give to upcoming juniors slash seniors for the recruitment process? Uh, you need to get as much film as possible. I, I got very lucky that I used zero film, uh, especially for soccer, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, in my opinion, like playing at a high high school level, like the coaches aren't going to come to like a, a regular season game. Yeah. You know, uh, if it's a big matchup like we had against Rockridge mm-hmm. or 
you know, Jeff City, maybe they'll come. But unless you're playing in the state championship, they're probably not going to be a whole lot of coaches there. Mm. So you need to get that film out and send it to them and reach out to the coaches. They're not going to reach out to you first unless they happen to see you on some recruiting page. Yeah. Um, you know, so you got to always be on your toes, you know, looking for uh, new teams, new colleges, and just reach out to those coaches. That's great. Um, we're going to take another break, and we're going to come back and talk about Jordan's interests outside of soccer. Now we're on to um, the interesting part, your your passions outside of soccer, um, which are shoes. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like my shoes. I, I think I have about... <laughs> 10 to 15 pairs of shoes. Oh, wow. That's Nine. actually a lot for, like, high school, you know? Yeah. My, and then my brother has about 10 to 15 pairs as well. Mm-hmm. So and he's a sophomore. Um, but and then not, that's not including my other various cleats I have. Yeah. That I, I don't – I usually stick to one cleat, but sometimes I'll switch it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, what type of shoes, like, are your casual shoes, I would say? Uh, Well, right now I have a pair of Ultra Boost on, like, mm-hmm. in, in – uh, Momentum. Oh yeah, those are nice. Nice rainbow. <laughs> yeah. You guys can't see it, but they're they're pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, they're like a memento to Woodstock's 50th anniversary, which is uh-huh. a music festival. Uh, I have a pair of Human Races, which are like an NMD. Uh, people know uh, that's an Adidas shoe. Mm. Uh, I have another pair of Ultra Boosts that is it's based off uh, Manchester United's 100th year in the the FA Cup, so it has like oh, the wow. Manchester Rose. Yeah, yeah. And so I got those from England. Is Man United your favorite team? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I figured after um, talking about that, especially, like, you have a shoe that uh, that is for them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't really have, like, Jordans. Like, I have a oh, few yeah. pairs. I would say, like, you get into, like, the Jordans, uh, you're kind of like a sneakerhead. But I don't, like, <laughs> I don't wear jeans. I refuse to wear jeans. So <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't own any. But, um, yeah. 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 Uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah, would you, with shoes, comfort or style matters more? I think it's a little bit of both. I yeah. mean, I, I wear Ultra Boost, like, frequently. They're, I find them very comfortable, and, you know, they're very they're very stylish, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, and then, like, even with cleats, like, cleats, like, when, when I first, like, looked at cleats, it was like, okay, you got to get it for the style, like, for how it looks. Like, yeah. I didn't really care about how they felt. But as I've gotten older, like, you, your feet get beat up in cleats. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely torn. So it's kind of, I had to find that mix mm. of the perfect Style mix. and comfort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember when I played soccer, I was like, ah, I don't really care about style. They just, need to, they just need to feel well because, like, I don't know, they cleats for me um, back in, I don't know, sixth, seventh grade when I played was, like, so uncomfortable. No matter what shoe I tried on, it was just like, oh, this yeah. sucks. Yeah, especially, like, if you switch between brands. Like, I kind of just stick with Nike, but when I was like, younger, mm-hmm. I'd switch from, like, Nike to Adidas to Puma. It's just the shape of the cleat is significantly different. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of just stuck with Nike. They're, I mean, they're usually a little bit more narrow, mm-hmm. um, and Adidas is a little bit wider, so is Puma. But it's just, I mean, it comes down to your personal preference, really. What are your favorite cleats to play in? Or do you uh, have a favorite? So I have right now I have a pair of Superfly Sevens, Nike Superfly Sevens, mm-hmm. Rosa. So they're they're Kylian Mbappe's second signature cleat, and they're oh, all wow. they're all pink. 
So I have that, and then I have a second pair of the same shoe, same cleat. And then yeah. last year when his first signature cleat uh, came out, they're called the Bondies, and they're like green and silver and gold. And I have not worn those. Yeah. They're, they're too nice. <laughs> they're too nice to be worn. <laughs> well, especially I, like if they're the first edition, you know. Yeah, yeah. Got to keep them. In. Yeah, I try to keep them on ice. And then I have another pair of of the Superfly 7s, but they're called Safari. So I think, I don't remember if it was CR7's first signature cleat, but it was one of his earlier signature cleats. Mm-hmm. It, this is just a remake of that same cleat. Yeah. So I have that. And then, yeah, usually I kind of just stick to the Superflies, but... You know, they Nike just released their like, Superfly 8s, I think. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just don't like how they look and I don't know how they feel. So, I mean, and the cleats I have now work perfectly fine. So, yeah, no reason, those, no reason to switch it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially in soccer, like, I don't know, when I watch, watch like Hickman soccer games or just soccer games, you know, like the cleats are so like bright and just like in your face. Like, do you think that's a thing like? traditionally for soccer or do you think other sports also have that i mean i know me personally like cleats i always go with brighter just because i mean that's kind of like my style even with shoes i like the the out there kind of colorways but um i think when like soccer was you know in the beginning soccer was kind of like you know just wear your the blackout adidas copas Mm -hmm. uh but i mean i feel like that's more of a a new generation kind of thing where you get a brighter color, like a blue or you get a, a Nike custom ID with some red. Yeah. Uh, I know Jaden Tang, he had a pair of like yellow ish green cleats, which I thought looked pretty good. And you know, I think, I think the brighter color cleats are kind of the new uh, wave. The new thing. The, the all black or all white. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about the sport you know and love soccer or football, as they say in yeah. um, other countries. Uh, so do you think, so the Super League, this thing, this is a brand new thing. Well, it was just disassembled yesterday. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but basically, I, I mean, you can probably explain it better than I can, but, uh, teams who are very, they have a lot of money and they just kind of, they kind of just were like, well, we're going to make our own little league and no one else can join unless you have, um, these credentials and whatnot. And basically like, you don't have to play in for tournaments and stuff. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, so eight of the twelve teams are the eighth richest teams in the world. You know, mm-hmm. you have Barca, Real Madrid, Chelsea, Chelsea, yeah. Arsenal, Man U, Man City. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of, I mean, there's other teams, um, but they kind of got together and like, let's just make our own league. And there wasn't really a way to play in. So, like, in England, there's four divisions of football. You know, you got mm-hmm. League Two. League One Championship and then the Premier League, which is mm-hmm. the highest level. And so, like a team like Derby County, who's in the Championship, they probably their budget. Let's say their budget's twenty mil. Mm-hmm. You know, Barca's budget is two hundred mil. Like yeah. you can't compete at that same level. And so, making the Super League, it's very. I mean, it's just like it's for the rich, basically. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, Real's president, uh, Real Madrid president Perez, I, I, Florentino Perez. Yeah, yeah. And so. uh he he talked about how Real and Barca lost a billion dollars due to COVID. Oh I yeah, mean, yeah, you're gonna lose a billion dollars, but those smaller clubs like Derby County, you're gonna they're not they probably didn't make money this year. Yeah, because you know? at least Barca and Real Madrid, you're gonna make money sales off Sergio Ramos or Messi's jerseys. Yeah, so it was a big discrepancy, and it was just it made it 
it made soccer a business and not for the fans. That's yeah, and, that, yeah. That's what a lot of controversy has been about. Is like, do you think it takes like the tradition away from the sport of like, um, like soccer is supposed to be? I would. I mean, a gentleman's game, but like, yeah, not for business for yeah, for sports for, sure. There's, for fans. I mean, in England, you know. You, you pick that team, and you're very passionate about that team for the, yeah. your entire life. And then it even goes through generations. You know, here in America, like, one week you might have a friend that's a fan of Golden State, and the next week they're a fan of the Rockets. Yeah, you know, exactly. There's a lot of bandwagoning. Well, there wouldn't be any fans of the Rockets because they stink this year. <laughs> um, but I will stay passionate for it. But, yeah, they stink. But keep going, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I think kind of states an overwhelming majority didn't really understand the whole passionate – feeling towards you know one team i mean except you know the nfl you know like chiefs chiefs kingdoms run strong oh yeah you know for sure obviously you had those bandwagoners that hopped on Mm -hmm. but you still have that core that was kind of the problem with the the super league was the core didn't feel like they were invested in their team yeah when it was becoming the 12 richest teams yeah playing against each other every single week it kind of took away from the the occasion you know if you you have chelsea and barca matchup in the Champions League final, that's more sentimental than seeing them every single week. Yeah, that's what that's what I've uh, heard from a lot of my friends who keep up with the EuroLeague and uh, the yeah. Champions League. They say, like, it, it takes away from, from the excitement of yeah. certain matches that you just can't get with a 12-league team. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this is, like, I've been thinking about it. Like, what if we did that with our own, like, American leagues? For example, I don't know, like, college football. Like, you only took 15 teams, and they were the only people who played for the uh, for the championship. Um, like, that would affect it so so poorly, I would think. Because, obviously, like, college don't really get money for that because they can't, mm-hmm. you know, pay their athletes. But um, how do you think that would affect it if we, if we do that with, like, college football or, or college soccer? Yeah, so, like, I mean, if you look at March Madness, like, you wouldn't have a team like UCLA who played in, like, they were the first four team in, yeah. get to the Final Four. Like, you wouldn't ever have that. There you, wouldn't be, have a, yeah. you wouldn't have a Cinderella run like Loyal Chicago did, what was it, two or three years ago? Mm-hmm. Or UCLA's run this year. So it kind of takes kind of the fun and, and enjoyment out of those rare upsets, mm-hmm. you know, so. I feel like that would be the same if they uh, if they did keep the Super League, but thankfully, yeah. um, uh, did you not did you not like the idea of the no, Super League? No, I, I hated it. Yeah. It was just... I don't think I, I don't think I've met a person who's been like, yeah, that's a great idea so far. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so I'm glad that's kind of um, out of the way and kind of disbanded. Um, now, your hot take is Marcus Rashford, right? Yeah, Marcus okay. Rashford. Is a world-class wing. And I did my own little bit of research, and it has it... And like the top uh, EuroLeague race, rankings, right? They have him, I think, either twentieth or eighteenth or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of I look up to him as a player now. You know, mm-hmm. I play out on the wing, and so just seeing how he moves on and off the ball and the way he controls the field, you know, he plays with Bruno Fernandez. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, and he's he's fantastic. Like, yeah, that was a, yeah. a great a great buy last year in January. Um, but. I don't think people really give Rashford the respect, you know, he gets. Like, even if you play FIFA, he's an 85 rated. You know? Oh, yeah. That's... He's he's one of the he's one of the best players in the Premier League, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, you have a player like Raheem Sterling, who skies it over the bar, like, every five games for Man City, <laughs> and he's an 88 overall. So, I mean, yeah. just looking off ratings that like that, like, it kind of, you know, if, if you have never seen soccer before, you're going to look at that and be like, okay, Raheem's better than Rashford. But, yeah. I mean, I think Rashford 
just his movement off the ball, his scoring ability. Um, I mean, many people don't think, you know, he scores, but I mean, when he shoots, like the power he gets behind it, the, the placement he gets behind it, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just exceptional in my opinion. So, yeah, a lot, I feel like a lot of people underrate players because of their statistics and I actually have some here. Last year he played 32 matches and he had 17 goals and seven assists, but this year they're still, they still have about, uh, like 20 games to play ish. Um, and he has, 10 goals and eight assists. So that's probably a reason like why people underrate him. Um, do you, so like just off of those statistics, you still say he's a world-class. He should be um, seen as a way better player. Yeah, for sure. Cause, I mean, even at his age, he's 23, 24, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I and, think around there. And, you know. Below 26, he, probably. Yeah, you know, he's putting up those numbers at club level, you know, and then he's playing for England and putting up, you know, similar impact he has on the field. And so... You know, you see a player like Messi, Ronaldo, you know, they're playing phenomenal every single game. Mm-hmm. You know, Rashford's not at that level whatsoever, but he's getting there. And, you know, you think you got to give credit mm-hmm. where credit's due. And then last thing, um, this is my question. So Messi and Ronaldo are towards the ends of their career. Um, and they're probably going to retire in this next decade. So who do you think is going to be, or if you have two players, because there's probably two you have in mind, um, that's going to step up and become the next next best player in the league? Uh, you know, I would say Neymar, but Neymar's 29. So yeah. he'll probably also retire within this next decade. Yeah. Um, you know, you got two youngsters at up top at strikers with Mbappe and Holland. Yeah, you know, I was going to say those two as well. Two generational talents. Yeah. And then, you know, last year, Jaden Sancho put up great numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashford's been consistent the last couple of years. Uh, even Phil Foden at Man City, he's he's been putting up good numbers for his age. I think he's nineteen, mm-hmm. nineteen or twenty. But uh, I, I I can't get past the whole Mbappe Holland. They like the numbers they're just putting yeah. up are insane for their age. And I mean Mbappe's won a World Cup already. And he's like, yeah, he's twenty twenty two. I think I think he's twenty two yeah. years old. But yeah, Mbappe like. I don't even watch soccer that much, but I know Mbappe is like the next, the next dude. He is just so yeah. good. Um, like all my friends tell him, like, you know Mbappe, do you know Mbappe? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I know Mbappe now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and Holland uh, is he like? He's really young. He's like 19. Right? Yeah, and he's he's from Norway. And Norway, he's, yeah, he's yeah. Built that dude is built. You know, he's pretty strong on the ball. And I mean, I think people make fun of him for his running form because it's pretty goofy. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, he gets he gets the job done, and he just bangs in goals almost every game. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's great to watch. You know, um, watching Holland, Holland plays in the Bundesliga, which is the German league, and so I would say the German league is a little bit more competitive than League One, which is uh, where Mbappe plays in France. Yeah, and so you kind of have to get them out of their comfort zone. You know, there's rumors of both of them. You know, going to Barca or Real or oh, Liverpool. That'd be, that'd be crazy. Or Man, Man U, Man City, Chelsea. So I mean, I feel like once we if we get them in the same league, uh, we can get a better indication of yeah. You know, have have that debate like we we have with Messi Ronaldo. Mm. It would be crazy if they well, obviously like went to a better league and or if they got on the same team. Somehow, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mean, know if any team has the, enough money to do that, but I, th- I think that would break some UEFA regulations. You know? <laughs> uh, like, Man nope. City, yeah, Man City got in some trouble a few years back about spending too much money on players and not bringing enough money back in. Yeah, 
And so, you know, rumors of like Holland and Mbappe's price tags go, you know, 200 mil, 250 mil, mm. which is just insane, insane for one player. Yeah. So, yeah. well, thank you for coming on, Jordan. Um, it's been a great talk and just learning about you and uh, your process of commitment and how, like, what else do you like, like shoes? Um, is there anything you want to say to the audience before you leave? Uh, you know, to all those athletes out there, you know, use use the off season as your time to grow uh, as a player, but not only as a player, but as a person. You know, you gotta reflect. You know, I, I reflected every week and would set out each new goals every week to to help me achieve uh, my ultimate goal, committing to, towards a college to play to play soccer. Um, and uh, keep your grades up. You know, grades, <laughs> yeah. grades are a big portion of it as well. And when you're looking at colleges, you gotta take into account not only the, the athletic. Uh, level but also the academics well thank you again and i wish you well all right thank you this is a disclaimer to our listeners to potentially be a guest on QP Kickoff, all you have to be is a Hickman student athlete and there are no other requirements. Um, these past two uh, episodes, I've had on committed athletes to colleges. So if you do wanna be um, a guest, you do not have to be committed. Um, all I ask is that you are a student uh, athlete from Hickman. And if you wanna see more upcoming episodes, you can check out the PNG Media's Instagram or our PNG website. To listen to QP Kickoff, you can go to Spotify and other apps. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, you can email me at 23ELM02 at stu.cpsk12.org. You can also email me if you want to be a guest. Um, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. <laughs>